I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. So I'm really excited because this week we uh, talked to Rebel, who is a queer roller skating diva who loves being extra and talking about body positivity, self-talk, and all of the awkward parts that come with roller skating. You might know Rebel through her YouTube channel called Queer Girl Straight Skates. She makes a lot of really cool YouTube videos, um, like looking at products and gear, and then also um, kind of making like parodies. Um, and then talking about like how to do certain things or tricks in um, on roller skates and also how to build skate rail, which I did. She's really honest about her skating journey and she's really incredible. Um, and Rebel is one of those people who can't choose one type of roller skating. She does a little bit of everything. She does plays roller derby, she goes to skate parks, she does jam skating and also skates outside. Um, and we talk a lot about a little bit of everything. Hi, Rebel. Thank you for joining us on this. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, honestly, I love roller coasters, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I miss um, them, so it's kind of like yeah, you know, it's nostalgic. Is that weird that it's nostalgic? But it has been a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been like a super long time since I was last on a roller coaster. Um, so we like to always start off with the same question with everyone. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Rebel, full name Rebel Rouser. Uh, you also can find me under Rebel Meng. Um, but I am a roller skater. I go by Queer Girl Straight Skates on Instagram and on YouTube. 
I would say that I primarily am on YouTube. Like YouTube is the place where I spend the most time. I make roller skating videos. So I make reviews, tutorials. Um, I make reviews and I roller skate around everywhere. And yeah, that's pretty much me. So why did you end up making your YouTube channel? So, okay. Funny story. I just have always really liked challenges. Like I feel like if I'm not learning, then I'm missing out on something in the world. And for me, it's like, if I'm not learning, I feel stagnant. And so not only was I learning a lot with skating, but I, I felt like I needed something else to learn in the meantime. And I felt like when I went on YouTube, there wasn't a lot of different voices from skaters and I've always wanted to make videos. And so it was kind of like a, Hey, I'm just gonna try this. And when I tried it, I absolutely fell in love with it. And then I was recruited to be like a planet roller skate correspondent after only making like one or two videos. And that really enabled me to step into my power as a YouTuber, I guess, because they kind of took me under their wing and were like, hey, this is kind of how you upload a YouTube video, really. And these are how you do the metrics. And these are things that the YouTube community needs. And I felt like I saw a niche that I could fill on YouTube. And I was really enjoying how creative it was for me. Like it was such a good creative outlet. And I got such a good response with like, hey, this is really helpful. Like we can tell that you are a teacher, like you're explaining things well. And I just, I really believe in giving back with what you're given. And I felt like, well, I'm a teacher. I should use the skills that I'm learning and teach for free to the community. And so, yeah, so that's why I started a YouTube. So why, what was the, this like niche that you're talking about that you're trying to fill? So I feel like there is kind of this, there's a lot of beginner stuff on YouTube and there's a lot of advanced stuff on YouTube. There is not a lot of intermediate stuff on YouTube. And there's also not a lot of like roller skating, outdoor lifestyle parody stuff. Like in the, I kind of see myself as being like, I mean, rip Jenna Marbles, not for real, but like from the YouTube world. Mm -hmm. um, but like <laughs> I saw myself as being like the Jenna Marbles of roller skating or like the BuzzFeed of roller skating. Like there, there wasn't a lot of content on YouTube that crossed the lines between beginner all the way to advanced, like something that everyone would be interested in. But also there wasn't a lot of stuff for people who are done with the beginner stuff, but not doing backflips yet, you know? And I felt like not only was I able to fill that niche, but also I feel like it's so cool to watch someone who doesn't just start out on social media in the public eye as someone who's really, really good at roller skating already. So I'm not that great. Like I'm mediocre at skating and that's totally fine with me. I think it's awesome to be able to learn and relate with my audience simultaneously. Like I remember watching YouTube and watching 
famous social media people on roller skates and just thinking like, I'm never going to be that good. Like, where are the people that are my level? And I found like a couple, but no one who had a big platform. And so I feel like that's kind of where I'm trying to go is I'm trying to learn and show people that it's okay to be scared to skate. Like it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to have an anxiety attack while you're skating and turn around and go back and be like, great. It's okay to fall, you know, like all these things that we don't really talk about. I'm just trying to blow the cover off that and be like, let's talk about it. It's real. It's normal. Like let's do it. So yeah, I feel like that's kind of my niche. I I mean, I'm, I'm, that's how I ended up finding you. Cause I feel like I am fine at derby like yeah the other <laughs> I totally get that I'm fine like I'm, I'm not I'm not an all-star I'm not you know what I mean no <laughs> and exactly and, I mean the other one is an incredible jammer so she's not allowed to have any input in this <laughs> but um that you know and I wanted to try park skating so I could like do stuff when I because I was kind of in between derby leagues mm-hmm. I get and, that um like, I was just, like, not good at it. And, all, like, you're saying, like, all the people that you see on, like, YouTube and Instagram are, like, incredible. So good. Yeah, they're so good. And it just was, like, I'm not there. And I <laughs> also, like, don't want someone to treat me like a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're um, like, I know how to skate already. Yeah. But I also am not all the way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like, I think you talking about like how scary it was to like fall and not just like hop into a bowl and like, you know, like start carving is that to me was like really important because I am very clumsy in off skates and on skates, like constantly run into things. I always have bruises. And it yeah. just was like, I was like, oh, someone else exists in this realm. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is for sure me. Like, if you ask my girlfriend, she will be like, yes, Rebel falls all the time. Like, I run into things on a daily basis. Like, we make jokes, like, I'll have all these big bruises. And then we're like, what is that even from? Like, is it from skating or is it from the table? Like, I don't yeah. I don't know. It could be either. Like, that yeah. could be what's happening. No, my, my partner, he's like, I thought you would get less bruises when you were not playing derby anymore. But like, Somehow you still have the same amount. And I'm like, <laughs> like, how does that happen? <laughs> You're like, this whole time I tricked you into thinking that I was just because I was playing derby. But really, I am an epic level. <laughs> Go me. Like all limbs all the time, like into everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I skinned my knee running up the stairs yesterday. I need the step in front of me. <laughs> Like, I'm athletic, and I will still bounce off of all the walls and, like, break my toes. Uh, No joke. In the beginning of quarantine, I broke one of my toes because I... I forgot about this. I literally broke one of my toes because I like closed the door behind me while I was doing laundry and my toe got stuck in it. And I was like, what happened? Like, I cannot believe that happened. And like my whole toe got all black and blue. And my girlfriend was just like, are you kidding me, Rebel? Like, what happened? I'm like, this is broken. Like, I promise he was broken. She's like, do we need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, because it's a toe. Like, all they do is wrap it up. Like, I've had broken toes before. Another broken toe story. Not that this is what this podcast is about, but you know what? <laughs> it Why is not? now. It is now. So last year at RollerCon, RIP RollerCon, um, 
I was dancing with my girlfriend again at the black and blue party and she spun me on that astroturf that's right next to the pool and my toe got stuck in the astroturf and again broke it but I was so trashed. Like I didn't even, I was just like, whatever, (laughs) but like straight up, like I went back to the room. I woke up the next morning. My toe was like all janky and like, (laughs) like black and bruised. And I was like, Oh no. You got black and blue at the black and blue at the black and blue. Yeah. It was good times. Good times. Okay. I walked down my stairs a few weeks ago and like bruised the side of my foot. And then, like, couldn't go skating for a couple oh, of weeks. No. I was like, such an, uh, yeah. Yeah. Her rags was like, yeah. do you want to go? And I was like, I literally can't because I can't even walk down my stairs. Um, <laughs> and I think on top of all of this, like, being clumsy and being awkward and kind of like, because I, I mean, like, we, like, interviewed Lady Trample and she was just like, you guys are incredible. You're doing great things. And, you know, she makes you feel really good and, like, you're, but also, like, it's like, coming from this, like, you know, this person who is so good at what she does. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, like, I sort of believe you. Can yeah. I get a compliment from, like, another mediocre <laughs> skater? Yeah. But do you understand the level of my life? Do you get it? Do you understand what it's like when I put on skates? I don't know. <laughs> like... It's great to get a compliment from like Misty Maven or Lady Trample, like such a high level player mm-hmm. or skater in general. And then, but you're like, eh, am I really though? <laughs> and then you get a compliment from like somebody around the same level as you and you're like, thanks. And you know, and like, I think also in the past couple of months, I think the skating world has had a lot of like shake up and like who is being represented. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the pandemic is changing a lot of things for a lot of different reasons. And I'm really happy about seeing then beyond just these like really incredible skaters who are doing Mm -hmm. amazing things, but like all kinds of people doing all kinds of skating. And like those voices are being much more like highlighted and emphasized. Um, And yeah, we should have done this so much longer ago, like so annoying that it took a freaking pandemic and like all this stuff for us to be like, oh, yeah, we should exhilarate voices that are not like really white and really professional. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just it's frustrating that it took. I don't know. It took where we're it took all the time. Like we should this 2020 should not be the year that we're like, oh, yeah, representation. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> that's frustrating. But I'm glad that it is happening. It's so important. I think that diversity, too, is on so many different. A- there's so many aspects of diversity. And I think that's where you're kind of getting at, like not just people of color and black skaters, but also like people who aren't as talented need to have platforms, people who have larger bodies, people who are disabled, like people who have all these different things about them, like those people really need platforms too. And we should be representing them. So I don't know. I think that it's really, really good that we're finally making this push. But I also think that, so help me God, if this turns into some kind of trend, no, like, I will not let that be a freaking trend. Am I allowed to cuss? I don't know. Oh, yes. yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, cool. I, I'm like so used to not being able to cuss for YouTube. Yes. 
<laughs> no, I, I there's high swearing. Excellent. <laughs> okay. um, Can we actually encourage it? Yes. Excellent. Um, I, yeah, I think I hadn't really realized it was an issue because I was like new and like skating, and then I met um, Eleni from Chub Club, and she's just like this like normal skater who's like trying to just like practice and like learn about how to use her body in the way that makes sense to her and not just like you know skinny like white people Mm -hmm. and I think that was the first time I was like oh like there are other people who like feel the way I do who feel like underrepresented and I say that as like like an average sized white human but like also like in skill level and all these other things like they don't have to look a certain way or be a certain skill level in order to be valid and like mm-hmm. be have someone else who can like relate to you. I feel like that's my mission, like as a skater in the skate community. Like I feel like for some reason I've been given a voice and with that voice, I just want everyone to feel valid. Like I want everyone to know like how, how I was saying things and then how you reached out to me. Like, I want people to reach out to me and be like, Hey rebel, can I use your YouTube? Like, can I put something on there? Can we have a discussion about this or that? And I want that to be something that happens. Like, I don't know. I just feel like so many people are told that they're not good enough or that they're not doing a trick the correct way or that because they're not u- using a certain type of skates, then they're not legit skaters. And like, all of that is bullshit. Like, it's such bullshit. And I hate, um, I hate the questions that come out of that, too. Like, I get messages all the time from new skaters who are messaging me saying like, oh, hey, like, am I too fat to skate? Or, oh, hey, I can't afford moxies. Like, can I still be good at the skate park? Or like, I, you know, like any of these things that are just in my head, so ridiculous. Like, I can't believe that people are actually saying these things to people. And then people are, you know, new in the skate community and thinking, oh, that must be the way that it is. Like, I have to spend $300 on skates, you know? And it's just like, no, like, as long as you're rolling, like, you're part of the skate community, period. And like, as long as you're trying, you're legitimate. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to see people feeling illegitimized because in my view that is not what the skate community is about at all right it just feels to be like a lot of gatekeeping so much gatekeeping you know and it's if you're if you're not x you can't be a skater if you don't have y you can't be a skater if you can't you know if you can't complete z you can't be a skater and it's just it's a lot of gatekeeping for a hobby that people enjoy and like that people use to blow up steam and for people to like feel good about themselves. There's so much gatekeeping. Yeah. I just like, why? Like, I don't get it. Like find something else to fill that hole in your life. Like, what is it that's making you feel so bad about yourself that you have to stop other people from accessing the joy that is roller skating? I find that so devastating. I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think like all of us, we're probably in a a lot of forums on social media, a lot of it pertaining to roller skating and roller derby, I'm sure. And, you know, I was, I was reading the comments, uh, I think it was like two days ago and somebody was saying how when they were a rookie, they asked one of the, 
the more vet skaters like about wheels and this vet made this rookie feel so bad about these wheels about just like asking about durometer and like what to use on the floor and what the differences are and it's like quite honestly I've been skating for almost six years now, and I still know shit about wheels. Like, I always defer people to my partner who knows a hell of a lot more than I do about wheels. And You never change your wheels. And I never change my fucking wheels. <laughs> she has poisons and just never oh, changes no. them. No, no, no. Oh. I, change, I have wheels for sport court, wood, and, like, I do have outdoor wheels. I just use my poisons more so because of it's easier than changing all my wheels. Yeah, yeah I get But that. I do change my wheels. I just don't have a lot of wheels be a better skater <laughs> but yeah. no like it's it's sad that people are discouraged from asking these questions on like their first few days that are brand new to skating yeah i've seen, sh- I've seen it happen a lot like a lot of fresh like new skaters come in and they're like i know this is a stupid question but I'm like no that's not a stupid question how would you know that like it's like buying skates is like buying a car like not a lot of people know about all the mechanics that go into it. Yeah. And like, even like, I'm trying to study up on everything because I'm trying to disseminate information. And it's so much like, there's so much that I don't know. And I'm actively trying to learn constantly about like the different parts of skates. And like, anytime anyone asks me about plates or trucks, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to defer you to someone else because I have opinions, but like they're literally just opinions. But then again, I mean, isn't everything with skating opinions? Yes. Yeah. I don't basically. I found like the one person I found that's like very good at representing different opinions has been Smacktivist from Gotham because they used to own a shop, a roller skating shop, and now they work for Five Stride. And they're also like, just like so knowledgeable about skates and they do all the custom mounting for the shop Ah, in new york and all the stuff yeah so if you want to talk to someone about it you should reach out to them they're like i should just reach out to them and be like do you want to come on my youtube channel (laughs) because honestly love that because honestly that's a thing like i just want other people who know more than i do to come on it and spread information yeah they're really great and they were doing like Step class like classes on Twitch for Gotham. oh that's fun I love yeah, that so if they would probably be really into it but I th- I think like going back to skate maintenance in general there's a lot of things that people don't know and mm-hmm. a lot of it does depend on your body mm-hmm. and the like how much you weigh how tall you are your weight distribution and I think that a lot of that conversation goes you know, it it just gets swept away because you expect people to use the same wheels on the same floor because of their body. But that's not how that works. You know, wood floor demands different types of wheels for your height, for your weight, for your, for how you skate. And a lot of that conversation gets completely missed for the general, oh, you should just wear these types of wheels. Yeah, I do think it's also hard. Yeah. Cause like, For example, like I will use certain wheels and then Shove will use certain wheels and like she'll go so much faster on the wheels because she weighs more than me. And it's hard when people message like I don't know if y'all get messages all the time on social media, but I get many, many messages every day asking like what wheels should I use or like what knee pads should I use or what plates should I use? And I'm like, 
honestly, it's all preference. <laughs> like I can tell you wheels or plates that I use and ones that I've heard that are nice, but I do think it's hard because like people will reach out to you and ask for specific advice. And it's like, if I don't know you personally or know a lot about your skate style or your body type or anything like that, how am I supposed to give you like a good personalized recommendation? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure. I guess I think that like, I'm going to do my best and like give you as much information as I can give you. But it's hard when people take what you say and they're like, no, well, Rebel said this. So like, this is what goes. And I'm like, no, please, if you take something I say and then you go to a skate shop and they tell you something different, like listen to the skate shop. They're probably <laughs> right. Like they work with this. And yeah, I work with it too, but they're they're with you. I don't know. Well, they see a lot more people and they can yeah. they talk to a lot more people and they're they're constantly getting feedback from a lot more people. And I do think that like we should always defer to our local skate shops because they actually see you. They can talk to you about how you skate and they're the specialists. But it's always good. Sometimes it's always good to just like get the ball rolling with like mm-hmm. somebody who's willing to answer these questions. But then eventually like you should talk to the tech at the shop. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely information that needs to get out. Like talk to your local skate shop people. They know so much. I'm blown away every time I talk to people that work at the skate shops near me. I'm like, wow, you're so knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah, or I'm like, I want to do this. And they're like, that's no, that will yeah, literally be off. Don't do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the amount of times that like, no, you're going to break your plate. Can you not do this? And let's do this instead. I'm like, but <laughs> okay. Most of my preferences are based on like, can I have it in pink? And also go fast. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Priorities. Very much so. Priorities. Um, So how did you get started in skating? So, um, So I started skating about three years ago. And I... So I used to compete in national competitive level speech and debate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I competed in that for four years and you can only compete in it for four years and then you time out. And so when I timed out, I was like, what am I going to do with my life now? Like I was spending hours every day, like practicing speech and debate, which is so nerdy, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, and my friend was like, Hey, I think that you'd be really great at derby. Like, I think that you would love it. And I was like, roller derby? That's so random. But okay, (laughs) sounds like a blast. Like, I've seen Whip It. Like, I love that movie. I mean, like half of us, right? How did we get into derby? We saw Whip It. Thanks, Ellen Page. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I went to an orientation. And then I was like, this sounds sick and went and bought some skates the next day. And then the day after that, I started roller derby and I had never put skates on before in my life. Like the only thing that was even remotely close was when I was like nine or 10 and I rollerbladed at a rink. Um, and I just, I completely and entirely fell in love with it. Like it was definitely love at first skate, like obsessed, um, yeah. And then a year later after joining roller derby is when I first started skating outside. So I actually started dating Shove, 
who I met because we went to the same first roller derby orientation, which is just like the cutest. And then she was definitely like, who's that loud, obnoxious girl? (laughs) It was me. (laughs) Who's that girl that won't shut the fuck up? It's me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So a year later, she was like, we were like starting to date and she was really into skating outside. And so I was like, yeah, I can skate outside and learned how to skate outside to impress her. And then I now I'm just like so in love with everything that is roller skating. Like, I'm so glad that I started skating outside and going to parks and learning jam skating and all of these things because I don't know, like when I was just in roller derby, roller derby didn't feel limiting. But now that I'm not just in roller derby, the idea of just being in roller derby is so limiting and and such a small understanding of what the skate community is and what roller skating has to offer. And so I'm super grateful for that because I just feel now like roller skating is so much more a lifestyle for me as opposed to like a rec sport that I do on the side. Yeah, I feel like we were talking about this a little bit before, but um like during pandemic and having derby being taken away, like, you know, that has been like a real source of empowerment and like community. Um, and also for, anxiety though, like right also, at the beginning. Yeah, real. also anxiety. Um, also community can not be great sometimes. <laughs> um, but like coming, like I, so I live in Newark, which is obviously very like urban and like, I love Newark. Um, I'm a big fan, but also, like, the city does not give a shit about our streets. And, Mm. um, but, like, still taking that chance and being, like, fuck it. I don't care. Like, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to skate. Like, I really have felt so, mm, like, so hard to explain. Like, so much more, like, a part of the skating community, not just, like, the derby one. Um, Yeah. And I, I love it so much. I even had a little, uh, like, a tween come up to me with like braces and like frizzy hair and I had skated past her and she like tried to wave me over and I walked over and she was like how do you learn how to roller skate Uh and I was like I just have known how to do it for a while she was like I tried to go up a hill with my backpack on and like kept falling over (laughs) (laughs) and anyways we talked about roller derby and roller skating for a while and she was just the sweetest and i was like that like that to me is like that's why i do roller skating and i love it and also i hate running and other types of exercise i mean who likes running running sucks running no offense to the runners out there but yeah it sucks i don't like it i don't want to do any of it but roller skating it feels so much better Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it also helps that, like, you met your partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely helps. And I I am definitely where I am today because I met my partner through roller skating. Like, my life could have taken such a different path. And so it's interesting to think, like, oh, okay, like, I decided to start skating outside and, like, start a skate Instagram because, you know, she decided to start a skate Instagram. Like we were, so I had taken this random solo trip to Peru and, um, like was in the Mexico city airport and was stuck there for 24 hours by myself. And so Shub was on the phone with me and she was like, Hey, 
I really like, I think I'm going to try this like moxie skate daily challenge. And I think that I'm going to like create an Instagram for skating. And here are some ideas of like names that I think I'm going to come up with. And we just like shot the shit back and forth coming up with names. And then that's how I created Queer Girl Straight Skates. And that's how Fat Girl Has Moxie came about. And to have that just like happen. And then we were spurring our each other on. And so I think that just having a partner who understands what you're doing and supports you in you know, this really big hobby that takes over your life completely, um, I think is really wonderful and, and fantastic. Yeah, for sure. I met my partner through roller derby. Um, she, it was probably on her sixth, seventh, eighth season by now, by that time. And I was just like this drunk horse on skates, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like a couple of years later, it worked out. It's fine. Like, I love like that. She's like this, like vampire goddess with like long legs and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way. I have never. She's looked the same the entire time I've known her. So she's. We now affectionately call her a vampire. That's yeah. It, I didn't even think about it as a negative thing. I just thought okay, vampire. Good. Yes, that's <laughs> wonderful and beautiful and amazing. I was like, oh wow. I was like pitch- picturing this vampire goddess. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I want to talk more about you and Chev. Okay. Like, I mean, so you're an interracial couple. Yes. Who, by the way, I stalked your Instagram. You two are so fucking cute. Oh, thank so, you. And I, I love you two already. Um, <laughs> thank you. But I mean, being interracial obviously presents different types of challenges within itself in society. Um mm-hmm most particularly right now so what are like you want to talk about like some of the challenges that you're you know you're experiencing currently with that yeah so um it's it's been hard recently because specifically me being a white person like I just have so much privilege and I don't understand to the extent the things that she goes through you know like Not that I don't understand, like, I don't see her going through it and recognize that it is, like, very, very bad. It's, like, that I can't personally relate on that level. And so it's hard for me to not, to not be able to be there for her in that way. You know, like, I want to be able to say, like, I understand, but I don't understand, you know? And so my whole process has been, like, in whatever capacity that I can be there for you. Like I am here for you. And like, I know that you're going to have different people that you're going to need to go to for support during this time. And like whatever way that I can possibly support you, I will. Um, I think it's been hard because like, especially with everything that happened recently, like with people kind of like lashing out at her and attacking her, it was really, really hard for me because I just was like, wanted to kill everyone. Like, I just was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, why are you attacking her? And, and it it, it was, it's been a process for me because it's like a whole different level of recognizing your own white privilege when you're with a person who is like a black person or a person of color because 
like I felt many levels of like anger and hurt for her that she was able to move through faster because she's experienced oppression her whole life. And for me, that was like a a rub of, oh, I didn't realize that that roots out of my own white privilege, that like I have to take longer for me to get over this anger or get over this hurt. And I'm watching her move through her process faster because she's had to go through this her whole life. And I'm like here being confronted with it, like on a semi like pseudo personal level for the first time. And that was really hard for me. Like, because I consider myself anti-racist and constantly working towards that. Like, obviously, none of us are perfectly anti-racist and none of us are perfect allies. But I consider myself one of those people who's like really working towards it every day of my life. And recently, I've had even more of like working on myself than usual to make sure that not only am I a good ally, but I'm a good partner and ally in the midst of all of that. So, um, yeah, it's been It's been hard in that way and just hard to see the hurt and the ignorance of so many people um, has been very, very hard. Uh, Just like, yeah, just like the blatant racism that is happening right now and within the skate community too, like blatant racism and it's just devastating and, and the like whitewashing of so much of the roller skating experience and to watch firsthand shove constantly fight to be like hey i'm here i exist my blackness is legitimate like for her to watch her have to fight for her own identity every day it just it mortifies me that that's the way that we treat black people even within the community, even when we are saying that we are not racist. Like, you don't have to be a blatant racist to be part of the problem. And, like, we all just need to be a lot better at recognizing our microaggressions and recognizing even the way we allow ourselves to play a part in the systemic racism that exists. I think it's been hard because people, I feel like, don't recognize that skating is a microcosm of the world. So, like, just because you put on skates doesn't mean that all of the issues in the world just automatically vanquish. Like, they all still exist. Like, they are right there. People who are oppressed in the real world will continue to be oppressed with skates on. And it's so easy as a white person to be like, la da we're on skates. Life is great. Wonderful. Life amazing. All I have to worry about is skate issues. And it's like, no, like we need to, (laughs) we need to fix the things that we do that oppress and, uh, destroy and hurt and silence. Like we need to recognize all of those things. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of like a, a long answer, but, um, yeah, so that's all kind of, yeah, all of those things is, what's been going on. But I just feel like as a person who's in an interracial couple, for me, it's really important to be an example to other people who are in interracial couples and also other people who are like, my BFF is a black person. Like that doesn't relinquish you of having to do 
any of the work. Like you have to do just as much work, if not more, to make sure that not only are you doing right by your best friend or your partner, but you need to be doing what's right by the entire black community and you need to be above reproach and never, ever, 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 ever use the statement, my partner is black but my partner is black or, but my best friend is black or like never use that. And as an excuse that shouldn't even be on your list of reasons why you are anti-racist or why you are not racist. And so I'm trying to like do my best to do that work and be vocal, but then also be very much like, here's my platform. Use your voice whenever you want to. So that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at with all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think what you said is really important. I think it brings up a good reminder of even though like roller derby, especially it feels like this very subversive culture, but you can still be part of a subversive or marginalized identity and still be problematic. Mm -hmm. And we have to constantly be addressing that. Like you are, it is possible for you to be, queer and transphobic it is possible for you to be in a loving interracial relationship and still be racist like all these things Mm -hmm. are possible and none of us are perfect if even if you are taking part in a subversive or marginalized community you do have the ability to hold these prejudices and we have to address them we have to do better Yeah. Yeah. We just have to do better and I I've seen too many queer people over my time as a human on this planet. (laughs) Um, I've seen too many queer people like be racist or, Mm -hmm. you know, be transphobic. And I'm just like, what the, like, where, where do you get off to like, to think that you have any rights without the black community to think that you have any rights without the trans community to like your privilege exists on a foundation of black oppression and black struggle and trans struggle and like (laughs) yeah like it it literally blows my mind yeah i didn't understand that completely and then i was in a queer studies program and the most misogynist classist racist people i have ever met in my whole life were white gay men and i was like Oh, like just mm-hmm. just because you're part of like the alphabet soup does not mean that you're a good person. They're yeah. also like the most fat phobic too. Yeah, I can't like I don't get me started on that because they have <laughs> a lot of problems, especially yeah. like this like classic like Chelsea like New York City white gay men. I just and like I don't care if anybody disagrees with me i'm like they just there's so so many problems and i've encountered so many of like having like problematic interactions with them and i just it makes me not trust white cis men even more well i mean white uh, like fat phobia is deeply ingrained into gay culture like yes. deeply deeply ingrained into gay culture and it's hard because that's one of the things that we're trying to fucking root out right now. Like why is gay culture so surrounded by this shallow, like looks oriented tier of (laughs) like people and rankings? Like, I don't know. It's hard. We need to get rid of that too. So many things. 
destroy I mean, it all. There's yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many things that are just destroying gay culture in general. I mean, like the the rampant amount of ableism for starters, for and real. then you you know you have the fat phobia, the racism. There's so many things that we as a LGBTQIA plus community need to do to be better, and like we can't expect society as a whole to be better if we can't do better. Mm-hmm. It's just plain simple. Like you can't expect people who have no marginalized identities to be better when like we're being assholes to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and it's totally like I don't know. It it just it builds on itself too. Like <laughs> you have to you have to do it every day. Like you can't just be like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be completely better and erase all of the like negative things that I'm contributing to society. It's like, I think that that's a lie that people have been told is like, I need to automatically be perfect tomorrow. And it's like, no, you need to find one thing that you're going to work at and be better at today. And then you're going to continue working on that thing. And then you're going to add something else tomorrow. And you're going to keep doing that. And every day you're going to make one more move to be a little bit better. Because I've talked to quite a few people because I've had like, I feel like I've made myself an open an open bar for white people to ask me questions on purpose so that they're not like just wandering off to, I don't know, everyone else and being like, educate me. So I, and I've had a lot of people be like, I just, I, so many things like, what do I do? Like, like, how am I going to fix all these things that are wrong? And I get that. Like, I understand that mindset because I had that moment when I first realized like, whoa, (laughs) the world. Um, but it's not about changing everything right now. It's about baby steps. It's about constant movement and constant progress. So I had a conversation with my partner yesterday. Um, you know, we were talking about like how everybody's talking about like all these skates are sold out and like the, like skating is like having this comeback and it just like, it just feels like it's a bunch of like, white girls on TikTok who are buying these skates and they like don't understand the roots of where this has come from. And I mean, I, I would also like to say like so many people also in roller skating don't know where like the culture is coming from. And I just like want to make everybody have like a mandatory like class. <laughs> to, like yeah, learn about this le- shit. At least watch United Skates. Yes. At yes. least, at the least, like the the smallest amount you can do is watch a few documentaries on like the black community and the history of black skaters. And I think that it's it's hard because so many so many people think like, oh, we see skating getting popular on this new social media TikTok. Like this is not like TikTok has not been around for a super long time. Um, like we see it getting popular. So it must be new. Like it must not have existed before this. And it's like, no, educate yourself, people. Like you have so much information at your fingertips. If you just do a quick Google search, like if you just ask people like, and Yes, there are more people skating outside than there ever have before, really. And yes, and I mean, don't quote me on that. I don't know that they're <laughs> Well, I think there's um there's a group called Club Butterroll and based in New York City and they posted I think a while ago, but it was like 
about, um, you know, basically kind of making fun of people who are being like, oh, like skating's so cool now. And they're like, well, where the fuck have you been? Yeah, skating's been cool. Get out of here. Yeah, it's like just, and you know, like it's been around. Like, ask anybody. Yeah, just because you didn't see it before doesn't mean it didn't exist. That's like literally anything. Like as soon as you come into contact with a specific culture and you recognize that it's there, then you're going to start, you're going to start seeing it more often. It's literally a communication theory. Like, for example, if you're going to try and buy a new car and you're like, oh, I really like the Mazda CX-5, all of a sudden when you're driving, you're going to see more Mazda CX-5s. Like it's what your brain gets tuned into. So like, I don't know. It's just such flawed reasoning. Like it's an error in their reasoning. <laughs> but you can't just be like, I'm going to give you a communication theory lesson right now. So <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, not everyone is your student. <laughs> unfortunately, not everyone is my student. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, my followers didn't sign up for communication studies class. So just you randomly throw it in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like follow this link to my YouTube and it's like my teaching YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in all talking about all of these things, especially within the skating community, um, I mean, what are some ways that you have been talking about with people about how we can be actively more inclusive? Yeah. So I think it comes from us, you know, like we have to tell brands what we want and we use our buying power to talk to brands and we use the DMs and emails for brands because people are on the other side of those emails and people are seeing their numbers, right? Like we live in a capitalist society, like they're watching the numbers. And so we have to put our money where our mouth is. And we also have to like make sure we're communicating what we want, you know? Um, I think one thing that each individual person can do is you can train your own algorithm. So like my algorithm is mostly people who are fat, people who are uh, people of color, black skaters, uh, people who are queer. Like my algorithm hardly ever has random like straight skinny white girls. Like I don't see it because that's not what I like or comment or engage with. And so for me, I'm able to constantly be engaging in the culture that I want to continue building. And so I'm trying to create and sustain relationships with people who I think um, have a voice and really should be given more of a voice in the skate community. And so I think that that's something that we can all do on an individual level. Another thing that we can do on an individual level, like I have this book and it's a workbook and it's a, it's like a racial equality and like dealing with your own racial biases workbook. And that's been something that I've been going through just little by little day by day. And that workbook for me is so much better and more effective than just reading a book because I don't know about you, but like when I read a book, I can read 10 pages and then look up and be like, what did I read? Like, I don't even know, you know, like I just, even if it was really good, I don't engage with it naturally or something like I'm just bad at reading, which is hilarious coming from a teacher, but you know, whatever. Um, and so for me, like I work on this workbook and I've been telling people to get the workbook and like work on it with me and then talk about it. 
And so that's something else that I've been doing that I would encourage other people to do is find a way to continue educating yourself that works for you. So for me, it's a workbook because I am a learner that is kinesthetic. I have to do things while I'm learning in order to retain the knowledge. But if you are an auditory learner, maybe listen to a podcast about it. Maybe listen to a book on tape. If you're a visual learner, maybe watch a movie or watch things on YouTube and stuff like that and find ways that work for you to learn and to actively learn instead of just asking people questions all the time. And then once you've educated yourself, that's when you can take those questions and be like, hey, I've read this, I've read that, I've read that, I have this nuanced understanding. I'm wondering, you know, whatever. And that kind of a question is going to be so much more well accepted than a question that's like, what do I do? I want to not be racist. And it's like, okay, first of all, the resources are so out there. Like, find the resources. Step one is do the work. You can't do the work without actually doing the work to find what the work is that you need to do. And doing the work does not mean messaging your black friends. Like that is not doing the work. Like that's literally not. Like I just don't (laughs) understand how people think that like black people owe us anything to teach us how to be less racist towards them. Like, no, we know how we fucked up. Like, we know what we did wrong. Like, and if we don't know how we, what we did wrong, go talk to another white person who can tell you what you did wrong. You know, like, (laughs) we know, like, you get that feeling in your heart where you're like, shouldn't have said that. But then you ignore that because you're used to like moving on and not being called out. And now you're being called out. You need to fix it. So I don't know. So I think it's about educating self and it's about training your own algorithm. It's about putting your money behind your mouth when it comes to brands. And it's about telling brands what you want. Like if you notice that that a company only has a bunch of skinny white people on it, send them an email, an email because companies have to read emails, DMs go away. Um, and say, hey, I noticed that you only have a bunch of white people. I think it'd be really great if you were representing more skaters that looked like me, looked like, um, you know, that were like a skaters of color that are in bigger bodies, that are disabled, like all of these different skaters that exist out there. Why aren't you representing them? You're supposed to be a company that sells to skaters, and this is not what all skaters look like. And so using that voice in that way, I think, is also one thing that you can do that's really important. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow Revel on social media and check her content on YouTube out. Um, If you want to reach out to us, you can send us an email at palpalpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast. And as always, my friends, don't Don't be be a a dick. dick.